shallowness and hard-heartedness that some of them displayed. And it was a perverse society in the sense that it didn't value and didn't reward highly enough its own most necessary qualities. The thing that made Britain great was its commercial achievements. And yet commerce was never a particularly highly valued activity within the British nation. So at a very fundamental level, it was a dysfunctional place. Queen Victoria came to the throne of Britain in 1837 when she was just 18 years old. And she reigned for 64 years and, and died in 1901, in her 80s. She reigned longer than any other British monarch in history. And she governed over a society that was riddled by paradoxes. One strange thing is that the, the very rich and the very poor lived extremely close together. Even the biggest city, London, was quite small. And the palaces of the wealthy in the West End of London were often sometimes just a few hundred yards from the rookeries of squalor and crime and poverty where some of the, the most intense suffering took place. It was an immensely creative society, and yet it was one that was burdened with a stifling social class system. And all the way through the course, we'll see the way in which class limitations uh, created problems within British society. It took great pride, and in some respects justified pride, in its worldwide empire. And yet, it was unable to control its oldest and closest colony, Ireland. The Irish question dogs Victorian British history. The Victorians took very seriously the idea that they were racially superior to the other people of the world, religiously superior as Anglicans, and that their civilization itself was better than those of anybody else. And yet sometimes it was brutally destructive and cynical. Perhaps the most notorious episode is that of the Chinese Opium Wars of the late 1830s and early 1840s, where a British army forced the illegal drug opium into the Chinese market. Many of Britain's most brilliant intellectuals lived during the Victorian period, uh, an incredible category of eminent writers. And yet they lived in a society which was largely illiterate, only probably a minority of the British people could write at the beginning of, of Queen Victoria's reign. So what I want to do in this first lecture is preview some of the things that Britain did right, some of its great qualities, and then to look at some of the things which it did wrong, and then give uh, some introductory thoughts about how the course will proceed from this point. Well, first of all, it was a society which took seriously the idea of progress. Progress is an idea, it's not a fact. Um, it's a way of interpreting some of the things which have happened to say, things are better now, they're better materially and they're better morally. And it's certainly one of the governing ideas of the Victorians. Well, they did build up a great worldwide empire with lasting consequences right up to the present. The jewel in the crown, the, the, the centerpiece of the British Empire was India. And an extraordinary development was the Indian Empire in which by the early 19th century, about 25 or 30,000 uh, Britons ruled over an Indian population of more than 100 million, a tiny British presence in, a, in a, a massive Indian population. And in the early Victorian period, India was run not by the British government, but by a private company, the Honourable East India Company. After 1857, after a series of events called the Indian Mutiny, which we'll study, uh, the government took over directly and ruled India from then on, right through until Indian independence in the 1940s. 
at the beginning of the Victorian period, Australia was a prison colony. It was a place to which convicts were sent. But the convict, system, the ship, the convict shipping system lapsed, and Australia itself then became a thriving uh, colony of white settlers. Throughout the uh, Victorian period, Britain was sending out emigrants, quite a lot to the United States of America, but more to its colonies, to Canada, to Australia, to New Zealand, and to South Africa. And in each case, Britain invented um, ways for these colonies to become self-governing while still connected to Britain. Britain dominated strategically important places around the world. The reason the British had gone to South Africa in the first place was because the Cape of Good Hope was a staging post between Britain and India in the days before the building of the Suez Canal. That was how you got to India, and that's why the Cape Colony was there. With the building of the Suez Canal in 1868,